which uh, in 2022, I can't believe it's happening. Uh, this one actually slipped through the cracks of the last countdown of last year, I think, because of many focus on many different brands. But you know, this one is among cult classic stuff. And the reason why I'm saying is that sometimes cult classic doesn't have that wonderful opening, per se, but it did have a wonderful, huge blowout uh, during the other half of the um, production, if you will. And the reason why I'm saying is that it's like after its theatrical uh, debut, which is pretty much in theaters, uh, that it blew up uh, during the videos and uh, VHS's roundup. That in itself is like, okay, granted. Up on how this is plus two endings with alternate on this one. It was totally different. So it was written and directed by uh, Fred uh, Dirk, uh, Dirker, uh, which is a Sci-fi uh, uh, realm 
right there because it was super classic on that one. Really classic if you really want to get into it. And it deals with, uh, you know, a space alien crashes down and something just emerged out of, like, a canister of what the uh, creatures were carrying and all that. Also nearby was, ironically, a couple of kids uh, having innocent fun. Wink, wink. Uh, and uh, they decided to investigate a fallen star, which is, like, ironically how every single, you know, scary sci-fi film begins with. Which, believe it or not, that's, that's how I So, of course, uh, you can't uh, assume that it's just one scary film, but uh, more like a theme within a scene, so to speak, combined into one. And uh, ironically, when they investigate, it turns out in some sort of radio broadcast, there's like an escape criminal insane patient that wields an axe. Again,
cadaver uh, from a medical study, which is kind of weird, but it's kind of awkward. And he decides to dispose this off of a uh, fraternity house thing because uh, Cynthia's boyfriend's telling these guys to steal a cadaver from the medical center to put it in another fraternity. If I catch you guys watching this. What they don't know is that they find this so-called frozen cadaver in the cryogenics lab, which is supposedly, you know, unheard of. And uh, it turns out that the body that they had taken uh, was definitely one of, of a former victim or a former uh, weird uh, corpse uh, that was experimented back in 1959. was haunted by, uh, which, which is haunted, uh, haunting this detective, Detective Ray's, uh, Cameron, and now it's, like, missing, and the cadaver somehow made its way to a sorority house, up some old memories for uh, the detective, which is really weird. So the next day, of course, uh, they go confront the uh, the guys that they tasked the uh, thing in, and immediately uh, gets, like, hassled with not only the fraternity brothers, but they're also asking the cops because they're the ones getting witnessed by the janitor. Right, right, right where now it's called the sorority house. 
gets a uh, radio call that there there was like some strange murderer that just literally unalived the house mother of Serenity House <laughs> and literally uh, get confronted with none other than the person he kind of blasted away by doing the deed even more and kind of stealing the faithful of me, obviously. He unalived more uh, of the head, but at the same time, releasing more of these, like, slug creatures out in the thing. So, of course, you know, at the very next night, which is, like, totally weird, everyone's preparing for this uh, life to party kind of thing, and Chris is finding himself with a reported, uh, message by JC, which prompts him to understand that these, that there's, like, this, like, weird brain thing you know, uh, slugs are starting to become things, but they, they don't like heat, but at the same time, um, kind of give us an on-screen, uh, reveal that JC is, well, he has a hot for, uh, our, our main protagonist, Chris, and he did love him, but he's wishing his best luck with him being with Cynthia, because he knows that Cynthia so, of course, Chris somehow gets a hold of the detective, which is, like, totally weird uh, on things, and decides to grab the flamethrower uh, from the armory, which is kind of awkward. So, they arrive uh, before everything else happens, uh, which then a sequence of things happening. Uh, of course, Brad gets infected. That's the sorority brother who was uh, testing the other guys. And then, sure enough, uh, after he uh, gets uh, flambe, uh, we find ourselves in a scene where the rest of the other fraternity brothers uh, find themselves with a literally unalive dog <laughs> uh, and have a horrible bus crash. So, of course, when the uh, date for the sorority sister shows up, they're not really fresh enough for the occasion, if you know what I mean to attack the sorority head on with everyone trying to go there. Uh, and huge plot twist underneath the basement of the sorority house. They literally found the the literal uh, pile of this galactic slug just like happening all around. So of course in, in a strange way Cam uh, Detective Cameron like literally prepped himself by covering his mouth but ready to get rid of these slugs once for all in the, uh, in the house. But in order for them to do that, it's literally a, uh, you know, a one-way ticket. And Detective Cameron is, like, done running. So, as a valiant way of ending the threat and saving lives, he literally have gone up in smoke with the, the spider creatures and the, the galactic creatures with the slugs and himself. Now, this pose to our, uh, as our characters and our main
ending out of this whole film, which is totally weird, and it was supposed to be an indicator for something new. Well, either one did indicate the fluidity uh, new. So, of course, the theatrical version, which, you know, Cynthia's seen this, you know, puppy, it came up, you know, it's like, oh, all of a sudden, it's the same dog that possessed, you know, the, the whole, the whole enchilada of the bus, prompting us that there would be a sequel of sorts or anything about However, that wasn't the it wasn't really the other intended one that uh, the, the director had. So the original version that the director had is, of course, uh, Chris and Cynthia are standing in front of the burning thing. Uh, a camera moves off away from them while police cars are going towards the burning building to find a zombified charred detective shuffling down the street, still smoking a cigarette, and then falls to the ground while slugs like burst out of his head and glittering into the cemetery that's in nearby. And then gives us our you know, rescue, if you will, of the space alien decided to like pop out of nowhere and just trying to retrieve uh, the lost experiments that they had. Which prompted us that the one only final scene would be the uh, aliens are coming back to return to their own project and all that. So, of course, uh, that brings us to the end of the film uh, on both a note of saying that maybe, maybe we would have seen another sequel. But, you know, none of all the things is happening, no words are really. If there was anything that would say anything, uh, I think the project is somewhat. Majority of these, and I could be not, uh, these are homage to horror directors uh, with the characters' names being in there and all that. So I, I say that's kudos on the filmmakers who are paying not only deep respect for the fellow members of their own uh, team, but at the same time, like, like mad respect on uh, recognizing genius. Thankfully, uh, out of these things, we are seen with uh, 
different horror films that actually branches off on, on this uh, oh, spacious thing. And when I say oh, spacious thing, because uh, if it wasn't for Night of the Creeps, we wouldn't be able to get, and I kid you not, uh, this is definitely written and directed by James Gunn, and his director of debut, uh, and a monster film of all things, we wouldn't be able to get Slither. Uh, back in 2006. So, it's because of this film that prompts some of us filmmakers, even this filmmaker, to give us a proper monster horror slug like creature. So, that being said, for this part of the uh, horror, horror path, uh, I do recommend to like add this to your collection in, in forms. same time, I mean, you know, for many ideas and many callbacks of famous directors that has uh, propelled into this film, yeah, yeah, why not, you know, this is a fantastic film to even go after, so, you know, so that being said, uh, I thank you so, so much to uh, uh, listen to this episode, I greatly appreciate it, as always, uh, until the next time, out there and see ya. Hey guys, listen, uh, there's many things changing to these uh, episodes, so yeah, I'm currently able to be listened to, and get this, uh, I've been able to be listened to Amazon Music now, as well as Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google's Play, uh, Google Podcasts with uh, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, a little bit of Spotify, and uh, I actually recently started doing uh you know, Twitch channels. Uh, so yeah, if you could find me through uh, Lone Tech X, you'd be able to see some of my gameplay right there as well. But at the same time, listen to some of my podcasts uh, outside while I'm still delivering some news. Yes, I'm still trying to do other things other than just this, but just for the time being, you can listen to not only this episode, well, all the other past episodes I've done before I've done Twitch. So, uh, once again, you can guys find me at, and this is actually the uh, head, uh, the head page for this, which is anchor.fm slash edcast20. That is anchor.fm forward slash E-D-C-A-T-C-S-T, uh, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, it's literally uh, EdCast20, which is uh, E-D-C-A-S-T-2-0, which you guys can hear, hear me from there. You can look at there, and you can leave me a message, as well as find the uh, website that's connected at all. So, yeah, here you go. Take care. <laughs>